the volume. Hey guys, it's the sessions presented by FanDuel. It's NFL playoff time, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and so, so easy to use. FanDuel has exclusive offers, boosts, and more all month long. And when you win, you get paid real fast. FanDuel's lots of ways to play, like in the spread, money line, over-unders, team totals, player props, and so much more. And you can jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. Plus, you can combine multiple bets from the same game in a same-game parlay and try out Same Game Parlay Plus. And really great news for moi, FanDuel is now live in Ohio. Who day, baby? I got bets to make and money to make. So guys, use the promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E, and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. Disclaimer, 21 plus in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Minneapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com for Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org for Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York. 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Hey guys, welcome to the best of the sessions. What we have done is we've combined the best of Tuesday's episode and Thursday's episode, mashed them together to give you a beautiful little audio gift for your ear holes. We have some awesome, awesome guests on the show. Cannot thank people enough for taking the time to, to come hang out with me. Give me a little bit of their time. We give you a little bit of that. We all get to hang out and enjoy it, learn a little bit about each other. Um, so it's really cool to mash these all together and you guys can get those little abbreviated highlights of both of the interviews throughout the week. Also, of course, if you want to listen to the full lengths, you can do that. They all exist. Uh, just make sure to check out all things from the Volume Podcast Network. Like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, all that good stuff. But let's get into it. Here's the best of the sessions. Willow Nightingale here on the sessions. You absolute beauty queen. How are you doing? What's going on? Oh, wow. I'm doing well. Thank you for the lovely introduction. You know, having a lovely morning, afternoon thus far. And excited to chat with you. I'm like super stoked to be here. Yay, I know. I'm really excited too. I feel like as soon as I saw that you had signed to AEW, which, you know, it's been a minute now, but I'm like, we need to make this happen. So very, very excited to have you on. Plenty to discuss. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I guess like first things first is like doing some like backlogging on all things Willow Nightingale. Sure. Yeah. How how did you get into professional wrestling? What was like the thing that you were like, that's for me? Was it something you watched? Was it stepping into a ring? Was it already being an athlete? What's like the backstory? Um, So I guess my fandom of professional wrestling started when I was a kid. I used to play the video games, like different wrestling video games with my cousins. And then through playing the games, I was like, why don't I watch this stuff? So then I would start tuning in every week, became a big fan. And I think from the moment I like had actually watched like an episode of professional wrestling, I was like, I'm hooked. I know that I want to do this, but it just really didn't seem 
practical, I guess, as a child. Sure, sure. High school, I was like a big nerd, very academic. So it seemed like the college route would be very much more for me. But I went away to school for a year. I went to Northeastern University in Boston. I was undeclared. undeclared. So I I didn't even know what I wanted to do. Um, I have a lot of different interests just generally in my life, but I never really could find that one thing where I was like, I'm going to settle down with this topic. This is who I am. This is what I want to be. And I guess, you know, that one year didn't work out for me and I decided to become a wrestler and that was the thing. So, okay. I, I hear you and I understand that, but that is like a big gap to go like, I'm going to go to school. I'm academic. That's where like your brain was at to like, like you said, to imagine it's so like I always feel like that's such like a basic question of like, how'd you get into wrestling? But like it is such a grandiose dream to pull off to like achieve the success to actually like making that first step to like signing up to wrestling school and starting the training. And like everyone always says like that first bump they take is like, whoa, kind of like rocks your world a little bit. You're like, wait, do I actually want to do this? Hold on a second to like fully achieving those dreams. Um, What was that first moment like for you to step away from school and then start actually pursuing this dream? From school to my first training session, there's about a year gap there. I had first started thinking about it when I was in college. Uh, I'm from New York, born and raised Long Island, and I went away to Boston. So originally I was looking at training schools in the Boston area because I had seen myself being someone who would train at a wrestling school in Boston and continue my academics. But the reason I had dropped out of school was for financial reasons. I was like, I have to go to my dream school. I have to do this. Meanwhile, kind of like recognizing the fact that even with grants and scholarships, it was like not something I could manage. So I had dropped out of school for financial hardship. I had worked at like a movie theater for a year. I was in like a really bad relationship that was just kind of like a distraction for me at the time just to kind of like numb the directionless point of my life I was in. And after the breakup, I was like, forget it. I'm signing up for wrestling school. Like there's nothing holding me back. That guy sucked anyway. Um, (laughs) So I had been to a couple of indie shows nearby at NYWC, the New York Wrestling Connection. Matt Cardona's from there, Trent of Best Friends. He came from there, Brian Myers. So for me, I was like, there's already this proven track record of people who've succeeded. And it's close to me at the time I didn't drive, which is a big no-no for wrestling. So I decided that that's where I wanted to go. Uh, I went to like sit in on a training session, kind of see what that was like. And I was like, I can do this. (laughs) Very, very confident. And like when I finally went to the first training session, it wasn't like, I'm going to try this out. I was like, oh, this is just what I do now. I was like very dedicated, very focused, making sure that I was there like every time We had training, which three times a week, Tuesday, Thursday, Sundays. And um, I never looked back. Wait, so were you an athlete prior to this? I would say yes. I never looked at myself that way because I guess my body type, like if you think in your head what like the not regular, there is no regular body type for an athlete. But what you see the most in media being, quote, athletic is not what I look like. I've always been like kind of chubby, self-conscious about being bigger than the other girls in my school and my whatever. But I did track and field. I used to throw shot put and discus. I played tennis and it was never like the movements themselves were hard for me. I am naturally athletic. My dad is 
in his mid fifties and to this day will walk around in a handstand as like a party trick. <laughs> and it's just like, my mom was a sprinter, like a nationally recognized sprinter in her home country of Diana. So it didn't click to me that just cause I'm like this chubby girl, I am athletic. So that kind of started coming to light through wrestling training. When my trainers were like, you know, you're taking to this a lot better than a lot of newbies do. So when you first started going to wrestling school, who were you watching? What were like, who were some of the athletes, some of the wrestlers that you were like, oh, I could like maybe mimic this person's style or how this person moves or even like gimmick wise. What were you kind of looking to right away? I remember watching a lot of Victoria. I always loved her when I was a kid. And my trainer specifically recommended that I watch Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels matches to get my execution down. Um, I was starting to get very into Joshi around that time in my life. I had watched a lot of indie wrestling around that time too. And like Sarah Del Rey or Sarah Amato was like my everything. I was like, I want to be this good. And I'm still like, I want to be that good. Do you ever get to pick Claudio's brain at TV to like as like through like osmosis to Sarah Del Rey? I have not personally um, gone up to him and asked him because I this this is something I tell myself I need to be better about. I recognize the fact that I have like the best brains in the business around me, but um, as energetic and like bubbly as Willow the character is, I'm kind of reserved and shy. So I have to like remind myself to step out of that box and like take advantage of that. But fortunately, he has come up to me and been like, is it okay if I give you some advice or if I give you feedback on what I've seen? And I've just been like, of course, please tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Very fortunate for that. Um, But yeah, that's something I, I need to be better about personally. I mean, that's something that I feel like I've kind of observed like in general in my time in AEW is like there's some of like the most brilliant minds in professional wrestling that are there. I mean, what a wealth of knowledge to be able to ask these people. But I also understand it's like everyone's also kind of busy putting together their own matches or worrying about their own stuff. It is kind of hard to go and ask someone for help, even though I know that everyone likes being asked for help. So I can imagine that being a little bit weird um anyways Claudio is amazing Sarah is amazing um how do you have this like bubbly energetic very fun this big smile character but you are a little bit shy and reserved what's the connection on that I don't know I guess I've like as a kid I was very much like a ham I loved when a camera was on me I loved attention um And I I came from a very loving, supporting home. So that um, positivity that people see, that energy that you see, it comes very naturally to me. But I imagine somewhere along the line, being different from other people or standing out made me feel insecure. Like I definitely feel like there were times in my life where I was like, oh, I'm the annoying girl. I'm the weird girl. And that kind of put me a little bit more inside of a shell, a little more vulnerable, a little, I'm not as willing to break down my walls and immediately lay it all out there for people. Even in the locker room, I've been kind of a part of the team for almost a year now, full time, maybe four months or so. I'm still breaking out of that shell, but I definitely feel more comfortable now. And I feel like I'm starting to a little bit more be able to just have like kind of some inside jokes or feel like I poke fun at people without being like, oh my God, they're going to think I'm weird. They're not going to like me. (laughs) 
It is hard though. Like it really is hard adapting to like a new locker room and to new people because I can be like that sometimes too. I can be very outgoing, but there's times that I'm like to really break down that wall and like really let people in. Like I can be very like surface level. Hello. Hi. How you doing to everybody? But to like really get in there with people can be a little bit stressful. Exactly. Like I'm friendly, but it's it's the whole laying it all out part. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, okay, so you signing to AEW, I mean, like you said, you've been there for almost a year, but officially I think that you were like just right after me. I think mine was announced and then you were like right after that. And it happened in the ring, huge up on the Tron, big moment. What was going through your mind when that happened? Because it seemed like it almost took you a second to even register what was actually happening. Obviously, uh, since April of last year, I had been on like a per appearance deal. But that same day that the match happened and the graphic went up and everything was the same day that I had signed the contract. So officially it had been done. I was aware, but it's also a show day. So it's like I signed the contract. Okay, now I have to go figure out my match. And my opponent had been changed last minute. So now it's like, okay, so now I have to kind of figure out this new match with somebody else. And there's all this different directions we're taking. I have to get dressed, got to get my makeup done okay, what time are we going on? Uh, and all of this. Pandemonium. Exactly. And then the moment Tony comes out and I'm like, okay, cool. Like stay in the ring. Don't leave. And he says it. And I'm standing in the ring in Jacksonville, uh, which is the same venue that I had done all of that extra work where I had stood front row and screamed my lungs out because there was no audience. And then I'm going on to wrestle at like 1 a.m., 2 a.m., everyone's drained and I'm like, come on, give him the energy. You know, like a year prior is just the complete 180 of my situation. There are fans all around who are cheering for me and, and like giving me this response that I wasn't even aware would be so like emotional for me. So that was like the moment that it really all sunk in that like, this is your lifelong dream coming true right now. So it was really overwhelming to just be there in front of all these people and have this happen. I know we all obviously receive a certain amount of shit to a certain degree, but it seems like everyone just loves you. Is that like the general sentiment that you're like feeling kind of all around? I mean, there's going to be shitheads no matter what. But for the most part, it seems like everyone's like, fuck, yeah, I love Willow. Willow's the shit. I guess so. And I'm fortunate. Like a very quick fan base. Again, you can find this a lot with people who had spent years and years on the independence. It's like you already have cultivated this strong cult fan base who's like known you for years. They're like, I knew you before everybody else. And I'm I listened to her first EP. I know all of it. So everybody who's been there for like the whole ride, I appreciate it. But I guess I'm really fortunate in that I have this innate desire to connect with people on just like, I'm a human, you're human kind of way. Tommy Dreamer had put it to me that like a lot of wrestlers go out and the crowd wants to hug their favorite wrestlers. But when Willow walks out to the crowd, Willow hugs the fan base back. I recognize you, you recognize me. The reason I bring this energy to uh, a venue is because you people are all here cheering me on. It's Give and take. I think that's really what makes my bond with fans so special. Is it hard to maintain that like up 
cheery, bubbly personality? Are there days that you're like, oh, God, I've got to like, here we go. Do you ever feel that? As much as I can say that that's my natural disposition, I'm a human being. I have experienced the full range of human emotions. I have bad days. I have bad periods where it's like for months I am like, well, I'm going to put on this face and try to be this person that is a spark of hope for other people. But I think, again, the people on the other end are what get me through. I didn't set out to become a professional wrestler for other people. It was very selfish. It was my dream. It's what I wanted to do. But through doing it and embracing all of my own quirks and idiosyncrasies and all the things that I've ever felt bad for about in my life, I noticed that other people felt represented and seen through all of that. And it kind of became this role that was much more powerful than me being a wrestler for myself. And so I had to start demanding more of myself in terms of being the person I wanted to be, but also like being the person I would want to look up to. Yeah, that's a really good like checkpoint to like really kind of keep gauging yourself as you're going to like, what do I need to do? Where am I at? While also still, of course, checking in to see like what you need as a human being, because a job is very demanding and it only gets more demanding. So it's being able to kind of gauge uh, both of those things as you're going along. What do you do for you? What are your you things when you're like, I need to fill my own cup a little bit? I guess really just spending time with the people that matter the most to me is very important to me. I know I've already mentioned I come from a loving family. My mom and dad are two of the most special, amazing, unique people on earth. Like they've been married for 30 years. Like, like they go out with their friends and they're like, oh, I thought that you guys were like a new couple. I would not have known that you've been together for so long. They're nauseatingly in love. Oh my God. Well, how do they do it? What's the spark? What's, can we get them on? Where are your parents? Jump on. <laughs> the podcast uh, is changing everybody. Being able to spend time with them recharges me. I've got two sisters and a brother, but specifically my little sister is like my best friend on earth. Her worldview is the same as mine. Like there's no other person I feel just completely understands whatever kind of issue I'm going through at the time. What's the age difference between you guys? Nine years. Which wow. Is- That's really great. That's nice. I feel like a lot of like I was expecting you to say you guys were like 18 months apart or two years, something like that. You're like, no, she. Yeah. Nine years. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And I also have a very loving boyfriend who's also a wrestler. So he understands a lot of the very unique struggles that wrestlers go through. Who's your boyfriend? Do I know this? Rex Lawless. He is okay. an independent wrestler. And we both are from NYWC, both Long Island folk. So I've been up and down the road with him. And uh, yeah, I just think he's great. I feel like the wrestling business can be it's not like incestuous in that way but like a lot of wrestlers end up dating other wrestlers marrying them having children with them etc etc um yeah you know um, (laughs) I know how that goes but there is something really nice about being able to have that person that just understands what the job is what it demands of you kind of you know the ups and the downs all that stuff it definitely helps make a bit of a difference I think Speaking from personal experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you're in AEW. Things are going great. Everyone loves Willow. Let's get into the death match that you guys just had. Holy shit. You teaming up with Ruby, taking on Ty and Anna. Um, just unbelievable. You guys beat the ever-loving shit out of each other. How do you feel post-match? Very emotional. 
the toughest part for me is that I like to uphold my work and what I do in a wrestling ring to a certain standard. And that includes the way I execute moves, the safety of my opponents. And generally, if I just feel like it clicked, like what did it flow well? Did it feel right? And at the end of the match, I definitely know that it was something very special. But I think obviously that one, Ruby was bleeding like crazy, which I I looked, I looked over to her and I was like, you look awesome. Right in the middle of the match, like I look, when I finally saw her cover, I was like, you look awesome. Uh, you know, a lot of people online maybe didn't take it that way. They, oh, we'll buddy. get into that after this. I would love to discuss that. But I am like, what a badass. And uh, the table spot with Anna, right? Like that has been a big thing. And before even getting anybody's response to it, it was the thing that when I walked back through the curtain, I was immediately like, where's Anna? Is she okay? And she was like, I'm fine. I'm going to go to the doctor right now because they have to check me out, but I'm okay. And I was like, are you sure? (laughs) And yeah, checking in on everybody else and like talking with our producer and they take us back and stuff. But it was just like, to me, uh, those were the two things that I was just like most worried about. And, uh, it left me very emotional because I felt like I was just worried about the other people I was in the ring with. And I don't think that I had upheld the elements that I respect uh, or expect from myself. But then you also have like the days from like you guys had the match on Wednesday. Uh, there's, you know, it's no secret that we that that was a taped match on Wednesday that airs on Friday for Rampage. So you have the days of kind of sitting with it and now the world's going to see it. What were like those days in between like? This is always the thing. Anytime I'm on Rampage, it's like there's this second wave of anxiety that hits because yes, there's show day chaos and you're wrapped up in everything that you're doing. And But then like right before you go out, you get the butterflies. It's like it's showtime, time to do the thing. I don't know how it's going to be. And then it's over. But then you have to wait two more days to wait and see how everybody reacts. And it's like this gut wrenching, like, ah, what's the response? Like, I, mm, that is a different kind of nerve. If it's very stressful, because, yeah, it's like, I mean, I guess, like, you know, on one hand, of course, you can, it's the theater side of things. You are in front of a live crowd. You can see how people are responding there. But then it's, yeah, what does it look like on camera? How are people going to take to everything? Which now brings me into the second wave of the conversation of what everyone was saying, the reaction to um, the amount of blood, what the match was, that style of match. And as much as like, God, women's wrestling has just progressed so much in the past, you know, 10 years, especially. And as it continues to morph and change in what we see and what those matches look like, I was honestly very surprised at what the reaction was to people essentially just not wanting to see women bleed. What's up with like, what's your take on that? We were honestly all very excited to be given the opportunity to do something like this. Anna and Ty have already done this a year ago on television. Um, They had a lot of fun with it. And um, there are limits, I guess, on how grotesque it's allowed to be. And I can only speak from my experience. I don't know if this is the case with other matches, other other tag matches or, or 
men's wrestling or any, I don't know what those conversations are like. I only know the conversations that we had. And for us, it was one person from each team was allowed to bleed. We all wanted to get our hands dirty and we all <laughs> wanted to do crazy stuff, but it was like, we, we can't go overboard. And so we were like, okay, understood. And we didn't have to worry about it because Ruby blamed up for everybody. But I, I mean, I thought it was awesome. I thought she looked killer. She thought she looked great. You know, she had to get stitched up after I held her hand as they injected the like anesthetic oh. and everything. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you're so tough. Um, <laughs> But, but we were just really excited about everything. And I think that if people are getting their panties in a bunch about it, like that's the least of your concerns. Like we bleed every single month. Nobody talks about that. I'm sure if, if that had happened or whatever, like people would make a big deal about that too, right? Like if, if somebody were to bleed through their gear. But sure, sure. Like that's a part of life. This is like, we bleed the same as men do. This is... We take the same uh, bumps in the ring as they do. We're at the same risk as they are. So I don't understand why there has to be a double standard about physically seeing blood. Yeah, it's it was just it was really surprising to me. And like you said, I think it's the level of what it is, because if you look at like Brit and Thunder Rosa and how much blood was in that match to, you know, we've seen it before. I mean, even there are different circumstances, of course, or, you know. I was going to say, like, even the time, you know, you know, when Becky Lynch took that hit and she was bleeding everywhere. And that's essentially when the man was kind of born, when she's like in the crowd heading into Survivor Series and she's got like blood dripping down her face. Um, that was, you know, a little bit more of an accidental situation. But um, it's just very interesting, the levels of how people react to things. And I guess, I mean, it does happen in the men's matches to a certain degree as well. Like, I remember when, you know, Dustin and uh, Cody were having their match and Dustin was just bleed. I was like, oh, my God, is he OK? <laughs> There's the levels of it. And then you have somebody like my husband who, like, God, I've seen I've seen the varying degrees for him throughout the duration of his career as well. So it's just it's very funny how people react to blood in general. But yeah, I mean, I was just I was very surprised at what some of the conversations that I was seeing online of people that were just like appalled that women were bleeding in their match. Women's wrestling just continues to to grow and change and morph and become this new thing. And it's funny when you hit these certain roadblocks and people are like, no, no, now that's too much. Don't do that. But hey, it happened and it was fucking great. I mean, ultimately, it's it's what we signed up for. We were aware of this possibility. How's working with Ruby? You guys are a great, adorable little tag team. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I've been loving it because even from the first time, like, I don't know if it was like I ran in on her match or she ran on. I think she, her return was her doing a run in after my match. After we, we got back to the locker room and she was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. That's how I felt about this. I was like, listen, I am not just a Ruby fan. I am a Heidi Loveless fan. <laughs> yeah. When I started, she was like top indie darling girl, like one of the top. And I was like, that is what I want to be. Like, I want to have that journey of like putting on these killer matches and having this long history of wrestling before kind of uh, blowing up on a national level like that. And seeing her work and knowing her as a person. Uh, what a sweetheart. Quality human. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So it's been a joy for me and I hope the same from her. So it's been 
one of the surprising, um, unexpected joys of this job is being able to connect with someone I've looked up to like that. It's really cool. I love being able to watch you guys together. Um, in your time in AEW, you've had two different opportunities at Jade Cargill and that TBS championship. What is it like being in the ring with Jade? And uh, what are your thoughts on this run that she has had as a TBS champ? I think Jade is, if you were to look in the dictionary, superstar. A picture of her would appear. It's very clear and very obvious um, why she's in the position she's in. She looks like a million bucks. She has this presence about her. And she was put into a very demanding situation to instantly be thrown on TV from the start and uh, very soon after have to carry the weight of a championship because it's not something that is just bestowed upon anyone lightly. Obviously, there's a lot of thought in that. And there is a demeanor and a level of, of work that you have to continue doing to keep that up. So she has been put in a very rough situation, I think, very hard and has been succeeding in my eyes because she's been doing the work to get better. She's been doing the work to improve. She's been uh, studying wrestling and trying to find new interesting things to do while staying true to her. And that's not an easy thing to do with that many eyes on you. So I think she's been doing that with grace, but I would very much also like to be in that position. (laughs) (laughs) It really does blow my mind though. Like truly not a lot of people can step up and really take that pressure cooker situation and take that kind of heat that's thrown at you of the criticisms that are going to come your way, learning on the fly, learning on national television. Um, And she does it in, yeah, I mean, hats off, man. Like it's, it's really crazy to imagine being thrown in a situation like that. Like I would be crumbled and on the ground somewhere. But yeah, it's really cool to see what Jade has done. That being said, who dethrones Jade? It's selfish to say I would love for it to be me, but you're pitching me this question. So why, why would I want to make a case for anyone other than myself? The first time I wrestled her, I remember I had woken up in my lovely home in Long Island, New York, And I had gotten a message said, hey, can you catch a flight in three hours from now? And I was like, I can do it. Yep. So I hopped on the plane, got to the venue. Uh, They're like, get some makeup on. We want you to do this promo. And then I'm like, okay, I don't know what's happening. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're wrestling Jade tonight. And I was like, good to know. Okay, cool. And I think for a lot of the AW audience, that was their first time seeing me. Because I had done a lot of dark before. And I think I had wrestled Velvet on Rampage before this, but this is my first championship opportunity here. And I've heard from a lot of people that they've seen a lot of growth in me since then. And third time's the charm, right? So that's what I was going to say. I mean, the third time you've had time to suss it out. You felt it. You've been there. Now I've, I've got this, this more brutal side to me kind of unlocked. I don't know. I, there are a lot of people I love in this locker room who I would love to see have a great moment like that. Uh, Statlander who's hurt right now. But I think she's been someone who's been kind of a cornerstone of the division since the start. I think uh, Velvet is great and has kind of been like side by side with Jade. Like they've been, I don't want to say mirroring each other, but they've kind of had this marriage throughout Jade's career. You know, I think Ruby, hey, that's somebody who she 
won the title against, right? That was the finals of the tournament. So I think we have like a division that is like stacked of talented women. Anyone who I, you know, who who's in the locker room, I could think of and be like, oh, well, they, they've they got an argument to be a great champion as well. Uh, <laughs> Complete a case for them all. But I'm saying that third time could be the charm. All right, guys, we've got Action Andretti here on the show. I'm very excited to have you on. Um, since your debut in AEW, I have been a very avid fan of yours. Uh, I love nothing more than seeing somebody get a really great opportunity and knock it out of the park. And that's absolutely what you've been doing, which blows my mind because I don't know very much about you. We're going to learn more about you today. You've not been wrestling for very long. No, not too long. Four years. Four years it's been. I mean, yes, four years. You're, 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 you're young. You're accumulating these years under your belt. You're figuring it out. But to like have four years in your debut match that you have this amazing, incredible upset of like the decade over Chris Jericho. I feel like a lot of people would have been truly shitting their little pants during that. <laughs> How did you feel during that moment? Let's just let's start there. The match with Chris Jericho that really uh, put you on the map. Where to even begin with that? Just the the emotions that were there, just the, the opportunity I was given and just knowing that I had to crush it, like you said, knock it out the ballpark. Um, was definitely holding back the shitting in my pants. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there was there was a lot of nerves going into that. It's a big test and, you know, you got to make the most out of it. And um, just to have an opportunity like that, it's crazy to me. And I just I'm very grateful that Tony gave me that opportunity to like even step in the ring with Jericho to begin with and him believe in me to just go out there and then let alone me go out there and then get the victory over him. It was it was an insane feeling. That crowd in Texas was crazy. I, again, thank those fans in Texas because they really made that moment special for me. They were cheering for you. Like, so I did not know who you were. I'm watching uh, at like talent viewing and I'm like, you had like a roll up, just like a small package. And I was like, wow, that was really close. What's happening in this match? And I was sitting next to Mark Henry. And yeah, we're both just like intently watching this match. I'm like, is this kid going over? What is happening right now? But the crowd was cheering for you like you were like their hometown hero. What did that feel like to just like have that experience of like really feeling that like swell of affection towards you during the match? It's cool because it's not something I'm used to having that many people be behind me like that. I'm used to having to having smaller crowds. And, you know, I feel like when I would work on smaller crowds, I would be able to get the people behind me and stuff, you know, get them to cheer for me. But to have like a, a stadium like that packed out and having that many people there cheering for me. It was crazy. I was like, does it usually sound this loud in there? Or was that just like, was that just <laughs> me? Like, cause I'm, I'm new to this whole thing. Like it was very loud and it was, it was cool. Cause they were calling you jobber at one point, right? Like, let's go jobber. Cause nobody knew who you were, but this was like such a star making moment for you that like, at first I'm like, wow, they really have a lot of time during this match too. Like, but you looked smooth as all hell. Like you looked like you belonged there. You went toe to toe with Chris Jericho, one of the best to ever lace up a pair of fucking boots. And you went out there and just looked like a million bucks. Um, what was it like working with Chris? What was your time kind of leading up to that conversations? Maybe you had like had with Chris or with Tony kind of going into that. I didn't really know what I was doing when I when I went out to Texas. When I saw the the announcement 
there was an announcement that Chris Jericho would be live in action. I was just like, if there's any way that I got put in this situation where I went out there with him, that would just be an insane game changing thing for me. Like I just, I saw that and I was just like, wow, what if that's me? Like, what if there's a possibility that that could be me going out there? Flying has been very new to me. I'm starting to get the hang of that. <laughs> Welcome. Buckle up. Buckling up. up. But um, yeah, it was just, you know, when I found out I was going to be wrestling him, I was just like, wow, like that's, this is going to happen tonight. Like I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get a chance on dynamite. Like I got to look my freaking best out there. And when I found out, like it was, it was going to be like a legit match. I'm not just going to go out there and, and get squashed. Like you're going to be able to go and like, you know, showcase yourself and show what you can do in that ring. It was, it was crazy. I just, I couldn't believe I had the chance to wrestle Chris Jericho. Like, this is just me. I'm just a kid on the indies, just have been grinding the past four years. And now I just, I get an opportunity to show like what all the hard work that I've been putting in and, you know, have it pay off. So it was an incredible opportunity. And I'm just very thankful that Tony gave me that chance to go out there. And I'm very glad that I went out there and made the magic that happened. And here we are now. I'm glad that that opportunity happened, but I'm glad that you were able to like really hone in on what you were doing, understand the task at hand and how important it was to like execute the things that you've accumulated over these four years and fucking kill it. And it is so different doing an indie show versus coming out. And now you've got TV, you've got hard cameras, you've got different times, you've got all of these different things to be thinking about. And you really just looked like you belonged out there. I was pumped for you. I'm like, oh, my God, look at him go. That's why, like, immediately after I went and I saw Tony and I was like, who's interviewing this kid right after? I need to talk to him. This needs to happen. We need to have the follow through. But that was just like another sort of like cherry on top of it all was that I grabbed you and I was like, let's just do a quick interview. You were ready to go, dude. Like you were like the builder wrestler come to life and it's it's working out. So let's get into some of the the background and like where you come from, how you got into wrestling and how you got to be so damn good in such a short amount of time. I'm semi good. I don't know if I was so good. I'm getting there, though. The skills are coming in. But seriously, though, before I even answer that, I just want to say thank you for saying that because I know you've seen a lot of wrestling over the years. And for you to to compliment me and my work like that, that really does mean a lot. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I loved I just love seeing people work hard. And then like I I mean, I was just interviewing Willow before you jumped on here. We were talking about how difficult it can be to like really step up to the plate sometimes and like not get in your own way and have an opportunity and like really seize it and make the most of it because it, it just doesn't work that way and learning kind of on the fly during TV. Like, yeah, you're right. You do some dark matches first. You do, you know, you do X, Y, and Z to kind of get ready for those moments. But to have, you know, what did you guys have for that match? Like 15 minutes, something like that. Like you had a good amount of time to like really showcase yourself, get over who you are, some of your moves, all that. But then for you to actually get that win. I mean, I know everyone was making that comparison of the one, two, three kid and Razor Ramon, but, uh, before actually before we get into more of your history but like immediately after when you came back through the curtain what was um what were some of the conversations you're having with tony and with chris tony just he was very happy with the match just very very fired up which i love to see like let's fucking go let's fucking go that fires me up so much <laughs> i love it yeah chris was just you know he was he was very happy with how it came out and um I was just very, very happy that those guys believed in me and just very, very grateful that they gave me an opportunity and they trusted me out there to, you know, go out and perform to the level that they thought I was going to. And yeah, it was just 
It was really cool. Chris was very happy and to see and to make those guys happy, it makes me know that I'm doing something right and it's a good feeling. I feel like Chris can be like such a perfectionist. I mean, you talk about people who have seen it all and done it all. I mean, he's the guy. He's literally like that measuring stick, I think, for just about anybody to look at their career. I mean, you look at somebody that's been able to reinvent himself so many different times, a guy that's just going out and still having like these banger matches. He's always just so creative the way he thinks about things. So I think for anybody to be able to work with him and be under that learning tree of Chris Jericho um, is, is really, really cool. Um, and then you get signed. Now you're signed to AEW. You are all elite. It's official. Now you've got all sorts of planes to catch. Get those frequent flyer miles up there. Um, Okay, so the first time you step into a wrestling ring, where is it? What happened? What brought you there? How'd you get there? I remember just Googling wrestling schools near me. Like I knew I wanted, I got to get into this business. I knew it was something I could do. Who are your guys? Who are you looking to that you were like, that's what made you want to be a wrestler? Mysterio is a big one. Jeff Hardy is a big one. AJ Styles, you know, guys who have that same style, like, and just, yeah, those are, those are guys who definitely influenced me in the ring. And yeah, the Hardy boys, I was a huge fan as a kid. I would always have my Jeff armbands on and stuff. Do you do the dance? Of course. (laughs) I'll hit it real quick. (laughs) You can um, do it for us. We'll go big screen on you. We'll minimize me. Go for it. I'll stand up on the chair and everything. Don't get me started. Do the music. (laughs) The best. Yeah, so I typed in wrestling schools near me. I saw one. It was like an hour and a half drive for me. I took the drive. I just, I showed up, walked through the doors, and, you know, I saw I saw the inside of the wrestling school. I saw a bunch of big, beefy guys, and I was like, dang, I got to start really working out because these guys are legit. You know, they're not no normal scrubs. But I walked up to one of the guys, told him I wanted to sign up, and um, they were actually setting up for a show that night for the weekend when I got there because I was going to go like watch a practice but they weren't practicing they were just setting up the ring for for the show and the chairs and all that stuff one of my coaches who um who goes by the name of the bruiser who um unfortunately passed away um a year or two ago so sorry to hear that yeah he yeah he died from cancer so it's it's upset it was really upsetting for me but I know I'm making him really proud now so and it's it's cool to even just think about on this story, like the first day I met him, he just handed me two tickets to the show, said, you can bring a friend or just come by yourself, whatever, come check it out. And um, I drove back there that same weekend, watched the whole show. And um, I was like, I knew I just had to be a part of this. Started class a few weeks after that and very much not what I was expecting it to be. You know, very, uh, I had, I had a pretty big class. I think there was like, 20 to 30 kids in my class. How many were there by the end, though? Did everybody stick around? Or people go, ooh, maybe this isn't for me. Two. <laughs> stop, two. stop. I swear. There was only two left? Yep. As far as I, I oh. yep. I think there's two of us left that are still, or like two more, including me. So three altogether. But yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot of people come and go. It's crazy. Um, what was your parents' reaction when you wanted to get into wrestling? Were they all for it? Were they a little on the fence? Did they know much about it? Actually, my first day of training was on my mom's birthday. So okay. I was, I had to say like, hey, mom, like I'm not, I can't be here for your birthday this year because I'm going to be starting wrestling school. And she definitely looked at me crazy. She definitely was not expecting me or like knew that it was like a big interest of mine to start this. Cause I was, I was working several different jobs. Like I had a lot of jobs before, you know, doing wrestling and none of them were, you know, anything that you would think, all right, I'm just going to one day start this. So she was definitely a little thrown off. Like you're doing what you're going, where you used to like this stuff. Like I thought you grew out of that, but, um, 
ever since I started like working on independent shows and whatnot, she would always come out to them and watch them and show me very much support. She's a big action Andretti fan. As she should be. Get the merch, get the T-shirt, get the action figure, get it all. Oh, she's hooked up with the merch for sure. She's got it. Oh, that's so funny. What do your parents do? My mom, she um, she works with kids who have special needs with like autism and stuff like that. And um, unfortunately, my, my father passed away when I was younger. So I, I grew up. Yeah, I grew up with a single mom. So it's even cooler to, you know, be able to like have her see what I'm doing and make her proud, like raising me as a single mom. And, you know, eventually, like I'll be able to, you know, really help her out financially and stuff. No doubt. Do you so, have siblings? Yeah, I got a brother and sister. OK, I still live with them both. And. They all, all of them, they all like watch the, watch the shows together when I'm on, when I'm on Dynamite and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. I always feel like that, like being raised by like a single parent and like kind of seeing like that struggle and seeing how your parents like pull it together. It's, it, I feel like that definitely sort of like shapes somebody pretty early on to I mean, I imagine getting like that work ethic to see your mom like hustling and doing it all. And like you said, you had so many different jobs before getting into professional wrestling. What were some of those jobs? I was cutting hair for a little bit um, just just because I graduated school, like all my friends went to college. And I was like, what the hell do I do with my life now? Like uh, all I knew was sports, like high school sports. That's all I did. And um, what were your sports? I did football and wrestling in high school. Those are like my main two. But like throughout my whole life, I played soccer I did track I did basketball like I tried to get into everything that I could you know like fall winter and spring like play a sport all year round basically just you know keep me busy I didn't like to come home after school and not have like and just like hang out at the house or I never like worked a job in high school because I would always have sports to like you know attend did that keep you out of a lot of trouble playing a lot of sports that was a big part of it because I you know sometimes I like trouble (laughs) What kind of trouble do you get into? Were you driving your mom a little bit crazy at times? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. She could tell you some stories. <laughs> yeah. No, it definitely, it's definitely uh, something to keep you out of trouble. And I think that, like, it really did help me, like, stay out of trouble. And I think a lot of kids that are in high school really should, like, get into any sports that they can because it, it'll change you as a person. Like, just it's, it's good for you to, you know, stay active and whatnot. But it can also, like, you know, playing a sport like football. And you like really witness having that brotherhood within your, your teammates. Like I'll, I'll never forget those, those moments that I had with my, with my guys on the football team. Like those will live with me forever. Even if you're doing like a solo sport, learning like some self-discipline, learning to show up to things on time, putting in like that practice. But then even when you're working like on a team and yeah, all of like pretty much all of my like teen memories are playing sports with like my girlfriends and stuff. 10 out of 10, do recommend. Um, okay, so you're playing lots of sports. You're in high school. You get out. You go to work. You're going to be a barber. What else were you doing? What were you doing to kind of stay afloat, to stay busy while you're figuring out where you wanted to land? So even before I was a barber, like just to save up money to get a car, like I worked for like just some like well drilling company. And, you know, once I saved up enough money to buy a car, I quit that. And then I went to barber school. I was doing barber school. And, I, you know, I worked in like a actual barber shop for like a year or two. And then I just, I knew it wasn't for me. I was like, I can't just sit here and just do this all day. So then I, um, man, I did, I did a, I worked in restaurants. I was a Amazon prime delivery guy for like oh, a month. Oh, get those steps in, I bet. Oh my God. That was probably my <laughs> least favorite that I did. I did tree work. I was, I was like on a little job where we would cut trees for a while and just, you know, throw them in a chipper. And that would get me in, that would get me in shape for sure. 
while you're doing all of these things, where like was it always kind of nagging in the in like the back of your head that you're like, I really want to be a professional wrestler and like coming from a family where you're you know, your mom's working uh, with with uh, with with uh, special needs children. Uh, you weren't in a family of performers, so to speak. So like, where did that come from of like, I'm going to pursue this. It's it's in me. I need to go uh, scratch this itch. Always knew I wanted to be an entertainer in some type of way. I knew that I could entertain people. I didn't know it was like exactly how, like until I obviously discovered I wanted to be a professional wrestler. But like in high school, like I always like pictured myself as, you know, a guy who could like somehow, some way make it on the TV and just be able to like have a crowd of people and entertain them, whether I'm, I'm break dancing for them, I'm wrestling for them. I'm, I always had like a little bit of a, like a feeling in my heart, like I could do something. So, you know, to be an entertainer in any type of way, even when I was working those jobs, like I, like in wrestling school, I would always like make sure I had off like Tuesdays and Thursdays so I could go to like practice. And I just knew like one day, all right, I'm going to be able to quit these jobs and just hopefully like it might be two years, it might be 10, but one day I'm not going to have to clock in and do these stupid jobs <laughs> I have to do and just be able to full-time wrestle. But God, oh, man, I so was- remember like feeling that same way when I was like, I'm going to be off doing something better than what I'm doing right now. Like I always just had those like kind of like stars in my eyes doing like, yeah, waitressing, auditioning for like, you know, whatever commercial was coming through town, whatever. But it's so funny thinking back to like those. I was the shittiest waitress because I fucking hated it. I just wanted to like get on with life and get to like this point. I remember I was like trying to get a job at like this national television station in Toronto and I was bartender. I was like waitressing at the time and they're like, they're not going to fucking hire you. It's not happening. I was like, I'm telling you, I think that they are. But the day that I went in there and got to hand, I'm like, I'm not coming back. I got the job. I'm out of here. Like, It was just such a like sense of relief to be able to like actually follow through on that. Go work on my like actual television job. Uh, It it was just it was such a big feeling for me. Do you remember being able to like hand in your resignation? You're like, I'm I'm doing it. Here I am. I remember it because it was just a month ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's so crazy. Oh, my gosh. You know, when I'm at TV tapings, I'm really like, wow. Like, you know, usually I would be setting my alarm to wake up at, you know, 630 in the morning and put on my stupid tree work outfit and come home all dirty and have to shower off. And it's just like, I get to wake up tomorrow and wrestle in front of all these people. It is a blessing. It feels so cool. And it's, it's a damn good feeling knowing that. So what does your week look like now? This is all so brand new to you of not having to clock in and clock out. You're not working with trees. You're kind of living, I'm not going to say the lap of luxury, but When you're used to grinding it out like that, it feels like that. You get to take a nap if you feel like it right now. You're kind of figuring out what your schedule looks like. How have you adjusted to that? It's been a very good adjustment because like you said, I can just, whatever, whatever I feel like doing, I can do. If I want to, you know, study wrestling film for two hours, I can do that. If I want to go work out at the gym for an hour or two, I can do that. You know, I, um, I try to like still definitely keep myself busy and a couple of my friends, like we like go to this gym and we play basketball. And that keeps me in hella good shape because I, we're just running like all over the place. And it's, it's better than just like running on a treadmill or, you know, doing any type of cardio in the gym. It's the same way with like wrestling training. Like I'd rather just get my cardio in, like moving around in the ring and stuff like that. And it's been nice to just, you know, hang out and then back on the road on Tuesday again and then come home. And it's just like, well, we're home now. Like it's back to normal life. 
it's really cool. Now, when you have downtime, are you like, okay, now like I'm there, I've got, I've signed the contract, my downtime. Do you feel like now I've, I have to go to the gym more? I've got to be studying tape more. I've got to be, uh, you know, reviewing my own tape more. Like, do you feel more of that pressure to like really step into that role? Not too much more. Cause I feel like it, it's what I was doing anyways, like before getting signed, like it's, it's no different than the same routine I was doing with, you know, because like, I was super hungry for this. So I was like making sure I was still watching the tape and going to the gym, like even with having a work schedule still like I had, like I, I was still like, you know, really grinding and putting my, my time into wrestling because you get out of it what you put into it. And if you're not putting in time and effort into this, you're not going to get much out of it. It's just nice to be able to like not get off of a shift of work and then have to double down. You're doing two jobs. You're working two jobs and now you're there. You get the one job and you can just focus on that one thing. God, that makes me feel like I can breathe for you. That's really nice. That's real. Let's breathe together. Let's take a breath together. (sighs) Inhale the good, exhale the bad. What's the first thing you bought with your first AEW paycheck? I didn't really like buy much yet. I got about car parts to my car that needs fixed. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing the necessities first. Get what you needed to do before and we'll buy something nice later. Um, what was what was your mom's reaction when she found out that, that you had signed? So my mom actually flew out to Texas and watched my match live with Jericho. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she got to see that live. Like, she was there for that. So that is so cool that she got to yeah. witness that. So, like, when I wrestled um, against QT, I got offered, like, the, the first um, deal that they offer you. I just got to come home the next day and say, like, hey, mom, like, your son signed a contract with AEW. Like I, I did, I did it yesterday. Like I'm, Yay. I'm in, I'm in there now. And she just was like, just mind blown. Like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What? You did what? <laughs> like super, super proud of me. You know, just, she wanted to go on the phone, call everybody. She's one of those people. who just, I got to call somebody. I got to tell somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's a bit too much, but she was very, very excited for me. And it, it was cool to see her reaction off of that. Like it's, it made, it, it almost, you know, made me a little emotional seeing her get like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. What a cool moment. You seem to me like one of those guys as much as I I don't I've known you for two seconds, but I feel like just kind of like observing the way that you are in the moment that you're in. I feel like you're one of those guys that kind of wants to do it all. Do you want to do a little bit of everything like you? Obviously, you're a wrestler first and foremost, but do you have aspirations of like doing movies, doing television, doing some of those things out like in the in the rest of the entertainment world? Yeah, for sure. When the, when the time is right, I would love to, you know, get out there and get into some any type of like TV, whether it's like acting in movies or just on a TV show or whatever it may be, a little commercial here and there. I know a lot of other wrestlers have had the opportunities to go out into that world after their careers in wrestling. So a couple of years from now, I got, you know, a chance to be in any type of TV. I would definitely go for that. Okay, so you are watching people's tape. You're kind of honing in. I mean, I feel like you've got your craft in a pretty good, sweet spot right now. But what what are you watching? Who are the people? I mean, you've rattled off some of the guys that kind of got you in the game that that you've looked up to. But on like a a weekly basis, who are kind of the guys work that you are keeping tabs on? I watch so much of everything. Like I'll watch sometimes I'll just go back and I'll watch the AEW shows or I'll just go back. And I'll watch old episodes of like SmackDown from like the early 2000s, like like the times when I would watch as a kid, what like made me a fan, what made me a fan when I was watching, like I would go back and sometimes I'll just watch a whole episode or, 
you know, every now and then I'll go go back and watch like a really good takeover match. Every now and then I'll I'll go back and I'm not like huge on like the eighties and nineties wrestling as much as I should be. I still love it. Like I love Ric Flair stuff. He's one of my favorites to like to watch. He's he's so entertaining and um I'm definitely a little little bit of everywhere, whether I'm on Peacock or just watching, you know, the TBS app on AEW or just on YouTube, checking some stuff out. It varies from a lot of stuff. What are some of the things that you want to do with your career? I mean, you have that real like kind of like high flying style. Are there different styles that you kind of want to tap into or different like opponents that you kind of want to be facing? How do you see that going if you were able to just book the rest of your career? I love high flyer and wrestling. It's like something I'm such a huge fan of. Like, I just think it's so cool. Like when guys like really have athleticism like that and just there's so many different things that you can do with wrestling with the ropes and just moves. And it's, it's like some of the things I've seen guys do. It's just like, where do people come up? Blows with my stuff? mind. Like, where do you come up? It's with crazy. This? Yeah. And I know and there's just, it is. Nuts. Yeah. And there's just so much to do, but I definitely do love like, heavy like striking just like you know brawling style like I like just laying them in there type style it's definitely one I you know would like to like better myself at a little bit as well I think I throw a decent chop we love a good chop oh heck yeah woo! <laughs> I, I throw some some decent European uppercuts so do you think that you could rival a Claudio Castagnoli European uppercut because I think he's got the best one in the game no <laughs> No, I won't even act, <laughs> act like that for a second. Not I that. mean, his are top tier. They are top tier. They're very good. Um, outside of wrestling, who are you outside of wrestling? What do you do? What do you watch? What are you listening to? Like, what? what's your deal? Who are you as a person? That's a pretty loaded question, but we'll unpeel the layers a little bit. I am very much into music. Before we even got on here, I was literally just like sitting down in my in my room, just jamming, just jamming out the different stuff. And I love to dance. I, I like going out with my friends every now and then, having a good time with them. And I definitely just like to get out the house and, and do stuff. I don't like really sitting around. You're I'm antsy. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> I'll still like stay in, you know, every now and then. And I'm not like a huge video gamer, but I definitely love like just getting like a group of friends together and having like a Madden tournament or playing like a little bit of Call of Duty. But I don't like I'm not sitting there with the headset on like like my brother. I'll I'll hear him yelling at his TV all the time. Like I'm like I'm like that can never be me. Never say never. But I see some of these kids playing their their games and they have their headsets on and they're just screaming at the TV and I'm like or at their friends they're talking to. It's like that generational thing where I feel like, I mean, you're much younger than me, but still even like younger than you. There's like that different social aspect where like instead of kids going out and like playing and hanging out with each other, they are like like that's how they socialize with each other. It's crazy. Blows my mind. You see kids at restaurants and they can't sit there without using their iPad. They have to be on their iPad or they're not going to sit there and be quiet. It is crazy. Yeah, it's different times. Like all the kids now, they're playing video games or they're on their iPads playing games. Like when I was a kid, I grew up in a neighborhood that had like a bunch of kids in it. And we would all be outside like like a huge group of us. And it would just like it would be so much fun. And now like you don't see that too much. No, everyone's kind of like in their own little bubble. I know it is a little bit. It's it's stressful. Having a kid, it makes it stressful. I'm like, oh my God, what's going to be like when you're a teenager? Like, what is the world going to look like? It is it is really crazy. Um, when you are getting on a plane, 
what are you loading your phone up with? Are you get, is it music? Is it shows? Are you binging anything? What, what's like in your, what's in your world right now? Man, so I've been flying America in the past few weeks, and you have to pay $15 per hour for Wi-Fi. Isn't that something? I know. They're crooks. I was watching wrestling. I just kept buying it again. And I'm like, damn, I just spent almost $50 on Wi-Fi. Like, my time ran out, and I was like, screw it. I'm going to just get it again. Like, I'm bored. Because, like, they, they like, you can watch, like, free movies. So I've been doing that a little bit. They have, like, the, the free movie section you can watch. Like, you don't have to pay for the Wi-Fi. I've been having the chance to watch like uh, a good amount of, of movies on there. What are your movies? What have you what have you been watching? I watched Spider-Man the one time. Um, I don't even remember what the one was called. I watched the other day, but it was about this this guy that was like kidnapping kids in a black van with black balloons. Oh, my. oh, oh, not the black phone. Was it that one? Did he have a black balloon in that? Yeah. Yeah. He had the phone that was ringing. That's probably it. Yeah. That yeah. was a good movie. It was good, yeah. I just, the other day I was flying home and I was watching this movie, um, spoiler alert. Oh, I had to shut it off about three times because I was like ugly crying on the plane. It was like a 5.30 in the morning flight to it. And I'm like, I need to calm down here for a minute. Um, when was the last time you had a good cry? Man. <laughs> That's such a random question. <laughs> But it was embarrassing for me. Samoa Joe's sitting behind me. And I'm like, is he watching what I'm watching? Is he seeing that I'm crying right now? I mean, I know Joe would appreciate it. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of people on my flight that was like, I kind of need to get my shit together a little bit. Like the other day I made John, he had never seen the movie My Girl. So I was like, yeah, let's put on My Girl. And same thing. I'm like, Tira, that movie makes me cry every single time. Anyways, it's good to let the emotions out. Let them out. Yeah, it is sometimes. No, I think my, my eyes definitely sweat. A little bit after the Jericho match. They definitely oh, were. Oh, good. You know, I wasn't crying, but my eyes were just sweating a little bit. Good. I'm glad that you got to like appreciate that moment and that it was like, it really felt like such a very special moment. I, you're right. I have been able to see so many different wrestling matches, different moments and whatnot, you know, through my career in professional wrestling. But it, it really did feel like it was such a special moment. It's really fun too. And obviously you wouldn't know this because you're out there, but when everyone's kind of gathered around talent viewing and everyone's looking at the TV, there was just a, a really funny energy where people were like, what is happening right now? What is this match? No one knew that you were going to be going over in that match. Like it, it really was just so cool. So I'm glad that you got to to like really soak that up and feel that that moment was special. Oh yeah. All the way I did. And I know, I, I know what you mean when you say like, you know, having everybody group around like that, like I've, I've seen it and you know, I love seeing it as well. Like when you can get the guys and the girls in the back, when you can fire them up. Oh man. Like, you know, you're, you know, you're doing something right for me to be with one of those guys to be able to do that. It's, it's, it's really cool. I got, I got, through the back and everybody was just giving me a, a round of applause, you know, standing up for me and like people who I am fans of like coming up to me and just giving me so much praise. It's so crazy. It's awesome. Thanks so much for hanging out with us guys. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the week, enjoyed the best of the sessions. You guys can hear the full length interviews um, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, just uh, download them, give them a listen, give them a like a review. And if you want to see what you're hearing, head on over to my YouTube page. Just search Renee Paquette. It's all up there. And you can see us talking, having this interview, having a hangout. It's all up on there. Um, and that's been like a really great, cool, growing community. So uh, I'm really enjoying the hangout. 
Hangouts on the YouTube as well, so we can see you guys over there. And jump in the comment section, you know? Jump in, chime in, leave a comment. Uh, We like filtering through them all, reading about them. Maybe even, like, I don't know, some constructive criticism if you had it. We're all ears. God, did I open up a can of worms by saying that? I don't know. Be nice. Be cool in there. This has been The Sessions. 